Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of Exploring the Intangible. Super stoked to have you with me today. You may hear my dog in the background. Her name's Jilly. She is very attached to me. <laughs> and she's playing, uh, yes, she has separation anxiety and she loves to play with her hedgehog. So you may hear like a quacking noise. <laughs> That's my dog. Just quickly, I just want to say thank you to anyone and everyone who listened to the last episode of the podcast. I was expecting like 10 people to listen. So the fact that over 80 of you have listened to one episode and we have 100 plays or over 100 plays altogether right now is amazing. I'm super thankful to each and every one of you. Um, I have Emily with me again today. She was gracious enough to join the show. Um, she won't be with me all the time. Um, she's just my most available guest during this Ontario lockdown, but I will be having more guests on in the near future, so stay tuned for that. So after listening back to the episode while I was editing, I think there are a couple terms that should be defined before we jump into it. Around the middle of the episode, you're going to hear me talk about two different things. So those two different things are textual criticism and reading the Bible through the historical critical method. So Textual criticism is essentially looking at the errors in the text of the biblical manuscripts in a critical manner. So you're looking at things like spelling errors and um, things like scribal additions and stuff like that. Just those are a couple of examples. So reading the Bible using the historical critical method utilizes a critical way of reading the Bible so we understand the period of time in which the text was written in and the events that are being described within the text. So when I think of that, I think of an example like the book of Revelation talking about the fall of the Roman Empire. So I hope you enjoy the show today. It's going to be wild. What we're not valuing is knowledge as process. The fact of the matter is, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows. Nobody has the faintest idea. You realize when you know how to think, it empowers you far beyond those who know only what to think. Consciousness is the greatest mystery of science. Maybe ideas are living things. That's what this is really about. It's really about just gaining a new perspective. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. Stoked to have you. I'm glad you uh, once again made the trip downstairs. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, so what are you drinking tonight? Tell me. I am drinking a fresh and fruity red wine. Right on. Is yeah. it very tasty? It is actually very tasty. It is indeed fresh and fruity. Uh, too fresh and fruity. It's like going down really easy. Nice. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm currently drinking a guava goza from Collective Arts, um, but I do have a pomegranate and black currant sour lined up from Whitewater Brewing next. Mm, so that sounds good. Yeah, it was a toss up between like a double IPA and a sour, so I kind of had to choose. Sours go down a little bit easier, so they do. Yeah, they're they're easy to drink. Um, but enough about alcohol. So <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Last week, we kind of discussed a whole range of different topics. And last week, we talked a lot about Emily and her um, like her journey through church and what her experience was like. And so this week... We're going to talk a little bit about yours. Yeah, sick. So where did it all start? So I was born into a Christian household. Um, I have been in church my whole life. Uh, but growing up, my parents went to a evangelical... Mennonite Church in St. Thomas, Ontario. Um, Did you like that church? Like, I don't really remember it too much. Uh, I remember like a couple things, but I don't... How old were you? I was probably like maybe like six. I was really young. Okay. I was like super young. Um, I kind of remember some things, like some flashbacks, but I don't really remember a whole lot about it. Um, but yeah, so... My parents decided to move to a non-denom church um, in another, or a non-denominational church in another part of southwestern Ontario that was closer to our house uh, when I was like, I don't know, seven or something. That's Dorchester, right? Yeah, it was. So yeah, my parents moved there. Um, 
part of the reason why they moved there was because um, the church focused a little bit more on like spiritual gifts. Um, they had um, a pastor who was a woman um, and they kind of liked that. Like they f- allowed women in leadership or women to be that pastors. That was like a new concept to your parents? Uh, yeah. So like the last church they were at didn't really allow women in leadership or pastoral positions. Mm. So yeah, that was kind of like the church that I went to and grew up in. Um, and it like, to be honest, over time, I got involved a little bit more. So I got involved in the worship team and I started playing guitar at that church. Um, and I led worship for the youth group. Um, and as I went along, basically, I, I started to recognize these different things where I realized it was starting to be, it, or it was cult-like the whole time. Um, and there was a lot How of, so? there was a lot of like control dynamic uh, from the pastor and the leadership team. And I had multiple other friends who got kicked out of this church. So like due to gossip or some like, irrational response from the leadership team yeah i remember you were telling me some of that but like you should tell why <laughs> your story why or how you got kicked out <laughs> of the church. yeah yeah so i got um before i get too far ahead of myself i just start like <laughs> with that sunday oh no let's let's start a little bit before that sunday okay so i started to recognize that this church was pretty controlling just because like people that you were connected with started being kicked out yeah yeah well that and i also had some uh some of my friends were also like talking to me about this and whatever as well um and we were all kind of talking about it a little bit um and so i started to recognize that and i was like you know what like when the time comes and I get my driver's license and I'm able to drive by myself, I need to go find another church because this is not working. Oh, so you had these thoughts before you got kicked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I decided to send an email to the, like, person who was directing worship. Um, and I just said, hey, you know what? Like, I, it's, I've decided that um, I'm going to step down from my position as a guitar player. Um, I don't really want to do this anymore. And, um like, I want to move to another church as soon as I'm able to, uh, when I get my driver's license. It, it was a respectful email, um, and she emailed me back and said, great, like, that's awesome. I hope you, like... I hope that works out for you. Yeah, I hope that works out for you, and you're welcome to come back and play anytime. That's and, awesome. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is great. Um, so my last Sunday comes, and... Um, everybody, like... Does... Sorry, just... Does the pastor know that this is your last Sunday? No, 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 no. Like my last Sunday on the worship team, these are two different, two different Sundays. So my last Sunday on the worship team, somebody comes up to me and they say to me while I'm playing guitar, you don't leave yet. You're on the precipice. (laughs) And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, that's what I thought. I was like, (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, no, no, like (laughs) it's time for me to leave. Like it's, it's time for me to go. And yeah so and then and then so i was like whatever so i i finished out that sunday i i don't know if it was a sunday after or within like a couple, a couple yeah, yeah a couple weeks it was like i was getting down to my last my last month or something in the right. church yeah. um and so i went to church and they made the youth stand and sit in the front row so, like, we had to sit in the front. We weren't allowed to sit anywhere else. It, weren't allowed, or is that just a thing that you guys did? No, no, no. Like, they told us the youth should be in the front, and they called us out in church one Sunday, like, did prior they, to this. What? Did yeah, they yeah. ever give a reason for that? No, they just said that we should be at the front. Okay. <laughs> so, we all had to sit at the front, all of us. Um, Seating chart? Yeah. <laughs> it was our row, front right. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Right, right near the projector screen. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, yeah, I'm standing there and the worship is going on. And I'm like, like, keep in mind, like, this is quite a while ago. So uh, this was when I was still a Christian. So, <laughs> And when this happened too, like, I want everyone to keep in mind, like, this is a 16-year-old. A 16-year-old boy. <laughs> so 
So like Caleb is 16 at that time. Yeah. So I am standing there and I'm just questioning like why I'm, I'm used to like worship being pretty good. I'm used to the team being really good. pretty good. Yeah. I'm used to like, I'm used to like, you know, whatever it is what it is. So I'm standing there and I'm like, man, why am I not like feeling it right now? And I, I understand some Christians are probably cringing like it's not about feeling it man like it's not about that but like (laughs) for the sake of the story just don't give a shit right now don't give a shit about that piece for some reason it was just different for you that Sunday yeah it was just different for me and I'm standing there 16 year old kid in the front row exactly exactly so the good Christian I am I decide to say to myself or I decide to start praying I'm like you know what I don't understand you're gonna get into it anyway yeah Try my best. So I'm standing there and then the worship ends. There's some announcements and in front of all the youth kids, the pastor comes up to me and she starts demanding why I didn't raise my hands during worship, which I didn't. I didn't raise wait, my wait, hands. Wait, 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 In front of like all of the youth, like just every, talking every to you one. in front of everybody. Everybody. She did not. Like people were like watching? Yeah. There was no shame. Did not give a flying fuck that there were other kids around. She just like embarrassed you? Yes. 100. And in front of the worship leader, she demanded to ask, like wanted to know why I did not raise my hands during worship and made me give an answer in front of the worship leader. And the worship leader was in tears. Why was she in tears though? Was she offended? I'm really not sure why she was crying she was um so i basically gave the pastor the answer like i wasn't feeling it i just really didn't enjoy the worship honest i was a little honest about it yeah uh i was like well she was like really pressing like she she was not letting up how did she respond to your honesty she started accusing me of a bunch of gossip really like yeah a bunch of gossip that wasn't true and was totally blown out of proportion wow in front of all these kids and then that's horrible and then at the and i was like what the fuck is happening right now and i'm like looking over and i'm like what the hell what am i in a twilight zone so next she's like she's like okay so if you're not going to pull during the message you can leave so what does that mean you're not gonna pull like if you don't look like you're super into it like what does that mean if i don't shout amen amen pastor fucking right pastor no but like i have no idea i have no idea what that means or like show like enthusiasm yeah i don't know i still don't know sometimes i i wonder like sometimes like, i think what about does that. that really mean yeah i don't know if you don't pull is it spiritually pulling so she said if you don't pull you can you can leave you can leave and yeah. then what what did you say and i was like all right like i didn't really have a lot to say i was just like holy shit i just got kicked out and then I'm on my way out the door and well, one of the other youth kids stops me. He's like, hey, man, she did that because she loves you. So she embarrassed you in front of all of your friends and church family because she loves you. Correct. A 16 year old boy. Yes. Because you weren't raising your hands during worship. Yes. Oh. And a bunch of bl- no. gossip that was blown out of proportion. That's horrible. Yeah, so so it's a bunch of bullshit. So I left. I went to the nearest thing, which was a Tim Hortons. I sat down in the Tim Hortons and uh, I waited for my parents to pick me up. And that was it. And then, okay, like after, so. Like after church. Yeah. Yeah. And so the best part is, is that she called for a meeting with my parents. About, about, about me. That? Yeah. But and about the whole incident and because, you know, damage control, you got to have damage control. Oh, yes, of course. So then basically what happened was, was my parents went. I wasn't invited. I don't think I would have gone anyways. I would have been like, fuck that. So my parents <laughs> were invited to this thing and uh, she basically denied the whole thing. The whole thing was denied from beginning to end. This did not happen. This and my parents tried to ask her, like, why would you do that? Like why did this happen blah blah and she was like never happened he's welcome to come back but she denied it but she said it in front of like like 10 other kids yeah yeah right yeah yeah. 10 people whatever yeah exactly wow yeah 
And like, this wasn't a big, this was like a pretty small church, like maybe a hundred people max at the time. And like, the thing is, is like, she denied the whole thing, said I could come back. And I was like, my parents told me that. And I was like, yeah, right. (laughs) Well, I mean, you were going to leave anyway. Yeah. But then that was just, that made it your last Sunday. Yeah. That made it like, no, if somebody wants to tell me you can leave, if you're not going to pull during the message, because nobody knows what the hell what that means. Nobody knows. Right. But I just can't believe she said that to a 16-year-old boy. You're a teenager. Yeah. So if you're going to say that, I'm not going to come back and I'm going to go find something else. So the next Sunday, my parents say, like the, the, that week, my parents are like, you know what? We're going to take you to another church. And I'm like, wow, that's thank nice. you. That's so, so that's awesome. So for a month, to the credit of my parents, shout out to Nick and Tina because they're fucking awesome. Yeah, they are. Um, they, <laughs> they took me to another church yeah. for a whole month. Like they drove me there and home every week That's awesome. and took me to the church's youth group. Right. Basically until you got your driver's license. Yes. You could go yourself. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. So they did a great, yeah, they killed it. So thanks mom and dad. If you're (laughs) listening to this, we love it. Yeah. hundred percent. So my parents are the shit. So anyways, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I went to, um, another church in London for a while. It's pretty cool. I uh, made a lot of friends. Some of those friends are probably going to pop up on the show at some point in the near future because um, I'm still friends with them to this day. Uh, and they're awesome. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's like, oh, and then like we started dating and I went to a bunch of other churches like in between that. And, like yeah. I experienced a lot of different things. The church that we went to in London, like the one right after you left your parents' church, that was an awesome church. Yeah. 100%. Open door. Yo, Pastor OD- Howard. We O-D-C-F. love you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I went to a bunch of other churches in between that and yeah. kind of bounced around a little bit because my friends were at other churches and I experienced a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. We went to Niagara. Oh, yeah. Then we moved to Niagara and uh, experienced a bunch of different stuff here too. So it's cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the church history. 101 so then what led you to deconstructing oh yeah (laughs) i feel like we just focused a lot on that story just because it's a good story but yeah it is so basically what led me to deconstruction um was i was looking into a bunch of random shit and eventually i got to the point where i was looking at parallels in the like between the bible and um ancient cultures mythology Mm -hmm. so i was looking at like um the epic of gilgamesh and the parallels between that and the genesis story um and then i was like holy shit and like the epic of gilgamesh is thousands of years older Mm -hmm. than the book of genesis or even job for that matter um and job is the oldest book of the bible um and it's just it was so crazy to me that like they had flood stories and multiple other cultures had flood stories and like all around the world there's a flood story Mm -hmm. and these things are all older than judaism yeah and i just thought to myself holy shit like what (laughs) what (laughs) so well because you're not really taught that when you're a Christian. Totally. And then I started learning about Zoroastrianism, which is the original monotheistic faith, um, and how that had an impact on like when the Jewish people went into um, exile in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is insane. And I, I just kept going. Like, I just kept digging. And yeah, I basically just started ripping everything apart because from there I went into, um, I started listening to a bunch of like deconstruction podcasts and stuff because that's what I was kind of like diving into. That's where it was leading you. Yeah. It's just crazy that this started while you were so like, like you were so intentional. Totally. At the time. Yeah. And so committed. Yeah, like so it's just it's crazy. Yeah. But I guess like when you become that intentional and that like committed to 
your faith in studying your Bible and studying the scriptures every day, it's going to lead you to these questions eventually. In some cases, I think some people are just content with what they're learning and they're cool with just the commentary at the bottom of their study Bible. For a lot of people, I would think that it would lead them to those questions. I think in some cases. Or lead them down the rabbit hole. Sure. I think in some cases, but there's also a stigma around all of this. So people are not okay with it because they think it's not. It's okay. They, they say this. It's okay to question things as long as you come back to the truth. Right. Yeah, I've heard that. But did you feel like it was okay to question things or did you feel it took me, bad it took, about it? So or guilty. I it suppose. took me. It took me a long time to get to the place where I was like, this is okay. So you initially didn't feel like it was okay? Like, well, you know, because, so you, you know that like, um. Because I've never actually heard you say like, oh, like I'm feeling this. Yeah, like honestly in the, okay, so when you were, when you were questioning, I wasn't okay with it. No, you weren't. I was like, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, and that's what the Bible says, and that's what it says. So like, fuck it, let's go. Right. So, so, so. But when you were questioning things and you were talking to me about some of these like questions i was like yeah you were open to it i was open to or it, you're but, like or you're like yeah but it did I surprise qu- me yeah because in some cases you were like i've asked you this before like we've talked about this <laughs> right. and i was like what are you talking about and we've like, never talked about this you're like what, what? you've asked this, these questions before and i'm yeah. like yes honey i've asked yeah. these questions before yeah. <laughs> totally and i'm like i'm like oh uh, wow I'm sorry. <laughs> so. right. I'm like, I'm like, yes, honey. I I asked you about these questions and you shut them down. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, um, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I just don't give a shit. Yeah. Because I like. Okay. So here's the thing for me. I saw these people who were in leadership who would like stand against any of this stuff, and I started to recognize like these people aren't even acting like the the person they say they're following. Mm. Like, they're not acting like Jesus. Why should I give a shit mm. at this point? Mm. Like, why about should I... Promote. Yeah, about what they promote, about what they're saying. Like, why should I care? Because if I'm going to question, I should just question and I should just dive into this because I need to figure stuff out mm-hmm. for myself now. Yeah. Because I was so certain for so long. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I just all of a sudden wasn't right i was like i had so many questions Mm -hmm. and it just led me to more questions and i got exposed to more authors i got exposed to more things and it just led me to question i always have questions always and before i never had questions so why is that why do you all of a sudden have questions why do you all of a sudden feel like it's okay just because of that like revelation is you saw like christian leaders not like yeah acting the way that think, they say that you should act i think that's part of it i think part of it is because that they are because you just discovered that they like were hypocrites like yeah so that made you feel like it was okay i think that's part of why i think the other part is like there was something inside of me that just said like you know what it's okay for you to ask these questions it's okay for you to like dive into this because like i felt like i needed to Right. Like I felt like it was necessary for mm-hmm. me to do it. Yeah. Because I had these. You came to that point in your personal journey. Yeah. And I think, I think everyone has questions, but for so long mm-hmm. I was told like. You don't need to ask them. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't okay for me to question. Like yeah. I was under the assumption that the Bible was totally inerrant. Yeah. And it was like, because every church. The okay, complete word of God. Almost every church website I've ever been on says that. It is the inspired word of God and it is without error or to that to some capacity. And it's like, I can't even tell you how, like, I feel that that's not true, mm. but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of like more of an evangelical stance on things. Like your stance is that it's the inerrant word of God. And all of a sudden I started to go from it's inerrant to it's not it, it it is has it does have contradictions and errors and like we don't know who the authors of 
more than half these books are. Yeah, yeah, we don't. And it's we, crazy. We don't have the original copies, and we don't, and, I like, as soon as all this stuff started getting unlocked to me, I just, like, had this, like, moment where I was like, holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. I have been lied to my entire life. It's just crazy that, like, we're not taught any of this. Mm-hmm. We're not taught any of it. Yeah, we're not taught. We're not taught to look at the Bible in a historical, critical manner. No, not we're at taught all. to look at the Bible like it's a devotional. Right. Like the way I looked at the Bible was like, oh, this is a devotional. This is pretty cool. Mm. Oh, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." But I never recognized that he didn't talk like that in any other book other than in John. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize that in Mark he was this dude who rebuked people. And in the other books, he never did that. Mm. So I also didn't recognize like the doomsday illusions um, in that generation of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like we were taught to we are taught to take this in a devotional manner. Yeah. Like I read a quote the other day from someone who's a biblical scholar and they said that churches should be more like mini universities. Like, we should be taught these things. And. I agree. Yeah. Like, we should be taught these things, but we're not taught these things. And we have to go hunting for answers when if pastors were honest, like most pastors take some sort of textual criticism if they go to seminary. So if your pastor is somewhat educated, they probably took textual criticism and they probably took the history of the Bible and they probably learned the canon. They probably learned a whole history of different things or a whole mm-hmm. slew of different things. Yeah. But you, as a person, have probably never learned that because your pastor didn't yeah, line that, that up for you. Right, exactly. Or they've thought to themselves, oh, that's dangerous. Yeah. We're not going to teach how to read the Gospels it's horizontally. It's weird that, like, as a general consensus, that's what, how pastors go about it, though. It is weird. It is weird. And so... It leads to a whole bunch of different conclusions for me, but like, I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, if I would have known this before, I don't know where I'd be right now, but like, for me, knowing this now, I'm like, I feel like I've been lied to, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot of, like, when you really dig into this stuff, you start to read a statistic, like, the Bible is 99.5% accurate to its original form. Um, but then you learn there were a bunch of different forms of the Bible, a bunch of different like translations of it. Mm. Um, and the way that we categorize and the way that we do all these, um, translations and stuff have improved over time and it is more accurate. And I won't dispute that statistic because it's true. But my main thing is that we don't have the original copies. We only have the copies of 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 the copies. Like we have these, all these copies, this wide range of from the original copies to the copies that we like the oldest copies that we have of the text. Like we have this wide range of dates. Um, and it's just, it's crazy that like, there's no way of knowing what's in between. We don't know what kind of stuff they put into there. We don't know what kind of errors are in it. Like we have no idea. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me. So, yeah, it's pretty nuts. But I wouldn't dispute the 99.5% thing. It's or that it would change core doctrine. I think that there's enough supporting other stuff to support the doctrine. I think there's just like certain spots like the Trinity um and that like the whole thing about the Trinity being like 3 in 1. There's too much uh like that that doesn't exist anywhere in the original manuscripts. Really? Not at all. Yeah, so, all right, let's move on. All right. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about the vid, the panorama. The panini. Anyways, so, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, like, what do you think about this whole shit with COVID and the Mark of the Beast? Oh, no. And, like, the the end times. Tell me about the end times, Em. No. I can't tell you about the end times because I don't even know where is to it, start. Is let's let's clear is it up. It let's times? clear it up. Yeah, let's clear it up for Hasn't everyone it right now. Has always been the end times? No, let's clear it up for everyone right now. Is it the end times? I Are the events of Revelation coming <laughs> true right now today? 
don't know. I feel like no. <laughs> like, I think it's so funny. Like, I was having this conversation with my dad. Um, I think it was, like, at the start of the pandemic. And he was saying, you know, back in the 70s, like, he remembers being in school and teachers saying, like, you know, preparing students for, like, um, like, they would do, like, drills for like bombings and shootings and like just crazy stuff because they thought like it was the end like the world was going to be in war and end anytime Mm. so like I feel like in with every generation there's always going to be something that's going to make people feel that way totally but I feel like no um I don't know do you remember like do you remember when we started dating? We started dating in 2015. Mm-hmm. There was a whole thing about there were like blood moons and yes. people like people yes. freaked the fuck mm. out about the three blood moons. And they're like, it's the end times. Well, yeah, there was that. There was the year 2012 thanks. too. Yeah, we all thanks. survived 2012. Bl- um, the blood moons are thanks to this guy named John Hagee. He obviously doesn't know what he's talking about. So yeah. thanks, John. It's just crazy that like. I don't know. I feel like especially in today's day and age, I don't know, like Christians are crazy. Like they're making a crazy name for themselves. Like they look foolish. They look completely foolish. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to get started on Sean Foy. Maybe we, maybe we can get started on Sean Foy. Hold the line. No, I, <laughs> but it's just like they're being so loud which isn't always necessarily a bad thing, but they're being, it is a bad thing in this sense because they look foolish. I don't, they are like preaching like that. The COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast, that there's some microchip in it. It's just like, everybody is going to think that like Christians are insane. I don't think it's just that. I think it's the persecution narrative. I think that's, that's what really embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And they're pushing this persecution narrative that like, oh, you can't go to your social club on Sundays, so it's persecution. And you know what I... Yeah, well, and that's... I I don't understand why Christians specifically are playing victim um, when, like... I think it's the American... It's it's always Christians who are out on the street protesting. I've never seen, like, in the news... I've never seen... A a group of Muslims protesting, for example. It's always Christians. Wait, Christians are playing, like the victim card yeah i've never seen amongst like our friends or like people that we know being like it's persecution Mm -hmm. unless they're just quiet about it yeah i don't know (laughs) um i don't think so no i don't think so either (laughs) i'm just joking but (laughs) maybe some maybe some of them (laughs) maybe a couple maybe a couple people we know not that we're friends with yeah um um yeah (laughs) But I do think it's interesting that there have been these theories about the Mark of the Beast for like years that it's going to be an RFID chip. And then as soon as a new vaccine comes out, everybody jumps on it and they're like, it's the market. This is it. This This is is the end. This is is what the book of Revelation was (laughs) talking about. It's going to come through a vaccine. (laughs) Yeah. It's 666. Yeah. I don't think Caesar Nero or Nero Caesar is coming back. But here's the thing. I feel like since the pandemic started, I feel like a lot of Christians have come forward and said, you know what? The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. They still think that it's like crazy to get the vaccine because they think it's so experimental and like yada yada. Anti-vax. And they're all anti-vax, but no, not, not all. all. Okay. Not all. No, yeah, there's you're a right. fringe group. There is, there's a loud group of Christians who are anti-vax, yeah. but that's definitely not, I don't know if this, I don't think it's the majority. Hopefully it's not the majority. Yeah. Um, I feel like Christians have come forward now and are saying like, okay, the COVID vaccine is not the mark of the beast, but um, they're now, like, I feel like it's gotten more specific, like in our region where we live in Ontario, I feel like a lot of people are still like going crazy about. Talk about the North Korea thing for a second. Yeah. So like I see like these, some like Christians posting like on their Instagram and on like their Instagram stories, like they're comparing North Korea to Canada. And I'm like, Canada's not that special. Like (laughs) our government is just really stupid and they don't know how to handle this virus very well. It's just Doug crying. (laughs) 
Oh, poor Doug. Poor Dougie. Aw. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I feel like they still think they're like, get out of Canada while you can. Like, fly to a different country and start your life over somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Canada is not that special. Like, we are not like this special chosen nation that's like part of the end times narrative. Like, mm. Canada's government just sucks. <laughs> that's it yeah it's true they and that's it it's not like you this is not communism but yeah exactly like america they still they thought that that was happening in america and maybe some people still do but there's so many places in america now that are starting to open up again um i mean you see the rest of the world they're starting to like live their normal lives again a little bit a little bit a little more bit. normal well i mean in australia like i follow someone on instagram a mom on instagram who's taking her toddler to see yeah. a wiggles show a live Wiggles show like things are normal again like life is going to become more normal yeah and i don't want to paint that in the wrong light like australia did shut down their borders and they did do they did the right things in yeah. order to move on from this pandemic. Yeah, 100%. Obviously. Yeah. And I think, too, like, it's just so interesting to me that we see these... We see this group of people who is, like, We're it's down. communism, it's communism, it's communism. Yeah. It's not communism. Just, like, chill the fuck out. The Great Reset, though, babe. The Great the Reset. The Great Reset. <laughs> no, but, like, it's not communism. And, like, if it was we would have converted to it already. We'd be known as a communist nation. Like there's, and people are saying, what What did you say earlier? Like people are saying that the military is going to be patrolling the streets. Yeah, like the military, next on the agenda is the military, the Canadian military is going to be like deployed like all over the streets of Canada, everywhere. So like when we ha- start having a curfew, the military is going to like force you into your home and like, so, Okay, let me give you a number of how big the Canadian military is. It's 42,000 active personnel. So that's 23,000 active personnel <laughs> and 19,000 On every reserve. street corner of, like, Canada. Yeah, and uh, how... Okay, so, so... Just tell me how that works. How does that number work? Like, so the military... Even if, even if that was in <laughs> just Ontario. Like, I just want to point out how stupid this is. Like... That you know 42,000 people total is not going to keep you in your fucking house. I do feel like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think they realize no, how dumb they fucking sound. Like, they I sound so soft. stupid. No, I do. You know what? I feel bad for them. Like, I do. Like, jokes aside. Brains. No, but, like, <laughs> jokes aside. Like, I do feel bad because, obviously, like, if you had this mindset, You'd obviously be so scared and hey, sad. Up, and I, I just, feel bad. Like 42,000 would be enough to maybe patrol the streets of Toronto if you're lucky. Maybe more like London. But isn't it ironic that they <laughs> like say like the m- people who follow the mainstream news and mainstream media are fear mongers, but like aren't the people who are like conspiracy theorists the fear mongers? Yeah, 100%. I would definitely say that. But, like, it just shows how uneducated <laughs> a lot of people are. They're, I like, don't even know they, if I would say that, but they're just trapped in this, like, rabbit hole, and I think that they're just scared. No, it's a lack of... You're not actually looking up the number. You're not looking up the statistics. You're just, like, diving into this know. shit being like, oh, it's, it's totally very, true. I I'm think, critically thinking. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's interesting that there are so many people who have fallen into this rabbit hole. Like, there is a large number of people who actually believe this stuff. It's kind of crazy. But it's it's even more crazy to me that, like, it's the church that's being recognized and associated with the conspiracy theorists. Like, you know? It's yeah, just, it's the crazy, it's the crazy, uh, the crazy Karens. The crazy Karens are the crazy hey, Christians, apparently. Get your essential oils out. No, it will stop. it will save you stop from the vid. Stop hating on the essential oils, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. You know what? That that lemongrass is gonna save you from the vid. You know what? 
that lemongrass smells good in our dishes. You don't need so. Pfizer. You don't need Pfizer. You need lemongrass <laughs> and eucalyptus. But don't ingest the eucalyptus. Only put it in a diffuser. Yeah, exactly. If oh, you know, you know. Essential oils can cure anything, apparently. Totally. Like, I said this in the last interview, too. Like, that Richard Rohr quote where he was like, where did we go? Like, where did Christians go from? From being these smart and educated people to being these people and, and well respected in the community yeah to like being people who were like have this negative connotation and this yeah. is this is like part of it right now is the social divide like we see the social divide between um uh, a lot of christians and evangelicals specifically not supporting blm like yeah. blm yeah um covid crazy it's like it, it's like the anti-lgbtq stuff it's just like all of it's just so fucking insane it's like, so crazy it's just insane to me that we can't seem to get past the, any of it yeah. and treat other people like we would treat ourselves mm-hmm. no matter what their the BL, race yeah. sexuality like their stance on political yeah. stuff like no matter what it is we can't get behind it mm-hmm. and we can't move past it like i don't understand why the fuck we can't move past yeah. it yeah well you know what i found interesting like when the pandemic first started, we saw like all these churches like in our community, they would go out on the streets with signs that said like, Jesus loves you. Like we're praying for the frontline workers. Mm -hmm. But like, where was that same energy during the BLM like height in like last spring and summer? Yeah. Where was that same energy? I never saw those churches, those same churches out with signs protesting or just like even they were quiet they were so quiet during it yeah and it's because it's because they're against so surprising to me they're against blm as an organization and then that groups in the black lives matter slogan like so if i say to you black lives matter you're gonna think you're like a certain brand of Christianity, you're going to think to yourself, oh my God, Black Lives Matter. They're against the family nucleus. Blah, 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 blah. Like they're like, you're going to freak out because they're not against the traditional family. Right. Like dynamic or whatever. Or yeah. So like as someone who's not in your like, yeah, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. You're going to think, oh, well, like all lives matter. Or something along those and lines. And we've heard that so, so many, many times. times. So, so many times. It's like I can't even tell by you. By people that we know and like have relationships with. In and, our, yeah. And we just think to ourselves. We're Christian. Yeah. And we're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, do you not, like you're white. You are white. We say, yeah, like the black lives matter. And they're like, well, all lives matter. Like, pardon. But like, actually, all lives apparently don't matter since i think i think this issue is like it's not black and white but i think it's so like it is dualistic in a way like it's so dualistic which is very unfortunate and it's surprising to me it's very surprising it's it's just crazy to me because because it's just to me it's common sense yeah as a culture we should be educating ourselves Absolutely. Like we should be taking the proper measures to educate ourselves in why we have these racial also, ideologies especially in the church. Yeah. Why we especially have especially in the church. Yeah. And why Yeah, definitely because like, and why we have these racist ideas Yeah. because a lot of racist ideas stemmed from people using the Bible to attack other people or to justify slavery, slavery. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And and so that's the problem is like I'm reading Stamped from the Beginning right now by um, Ibram X. Kendi. And it's just crazy to hear like the history mm-hmm. of what like it. And it's crazy to see the history of what the church has done over time. Yeah. And like all white people like have internalized not you're talking about unconscious bias unconscious bias i think and that's what i'm saying is like you need to make yourself aware of it all of us can be oppressors all white people can easily be oppressors and so white people 
need to make sure like they, they need to themselves. need to educate themselves need to be you know yeah and that's what i'm saying this is what i'm saying it's like we need to as people who are white right we need to mm-hmm. educate ourselves mm-hmm. and we need to recognize our bias so yeah. like if you have a bias you need to recognize it and you need to be like okay perfect so i need to move beyond that and i need to learn how to undo that bias i need mm-hmm. to learn how to like so for that lack our of children wait, just for don't, lack so that that bias in our children just don't even exist yeah we need exactly to just stop it now yeah like you need to break the cycle essentially yeah so because society needs to change because people are dying yeah exactly and if it use, doesn't change if our son's generation doesn't change more and more people will die that well, do not need to die yeah i think what's going to happen is like as generations die off like the generations who are more sensitive to this stuff who are more like educated in these like matters are going to come forward and those are the people who are going to be the leaders rather than rather than these people who were um i guess part of like a boomer generation or something like that where they weren't as educated in this stuff and they're more ignorant Mm -hmm. to the like to the why there's this outcry of people who are like yo we need to figure this shit out Mm -hmm. because really like that's that's what's going to happen is like when our son isaiah gets older he's going to be one of those people who's like he he will be more educated and same with like way more like you think about like when we were even just like in elementary school junior high school like you think about the kind of bias we had back then it's crazy totally compared to like where society is now and the where we are personally now yeah it's night and day and even the things we used to say or make jokes about like oh and yeah exactly it's just crazy like it's crazy that that now like we see we hear those things Mm -hmm. or we think about the things that we used to say and we're like or that we used to just you know turn turn our head like when we would hear someone else say something yeah 100 percent, and it's it's such a difference now because you know we think about those things and we're like holy shit i can't believe i said that yeah you know, like or holy just, shit, I can't believe I didn't say something to that person who said that. Totally. 100%. Um, you might hear Jilly licking in the background. <laughs> she's like cleaning herself and she's right beside us. Yeah. Um, so I put out a poll on my Instagram. If you don't follow me, I'm going to plug myself right now. Mine. <laughs> plug myself. Plug. <laughs> Fuck. Um. <laughs> I want to put a little plug in here uh, at the Caleb Peters um, is what you'll want to follow on Instagram. If you want any updates or like clips of the podcast. Um, so I put a question thing up on my Instagram story the other day. Um, I got a bunch of great questions. Um, I can wait. What was your question? What people wanted to hear about. Um, in the podcast. So what kind of topics you want to talk about in this thing? Uh, what people want to hear in the future. Yeah, what you want to hear in the future. So what I got, and I'll list a couple off here. Um, so one of them is why I don't believe in hell, which is a fucking fascinating topic. Um, purity culture that's a good one yeah i do enjoy talking about purity culture um morality versus christianity and where morals come from so that's a good one also also enjoy that topic. i enjoy all these topics so i can't be biased towards one or the other um blm also came up as and the church's response also came up as one of the topics um biblical literalism contradictions in the bible and addressing the concept of biblical inerrancy so there's like i'm going to have a couple guests on we're probably going to talk about more deconstruction stuff um because we've either gone through it or we're going through it um or we've like asked some tough questions and we want to talk about it a little bit um and i also have some yeah i have someone coming on to talk about uh u.s politics and the american evangelical system um and how fucked up it is 
And then I also have a couple of pastors lined up. So be prepared for all of that shit. It's going to be wild. I hope you're stoked about it because I'm pretty stoked. I'm like pumped to talk to people. I, I love to talk. So that's part of the reason I started this was because I just love to talk. So it's good shit. And Emily hates listening to me talk all the time. So it gives me an opportunity to like talk about stuff uh, and talk to other people about it because like, you talk to me about it. yeah, I talked to Emily about it and she's just, I don't know. She, she, she enjoys it. She enjoys it, but she, it gets old, you know, when you, when you live with the same person and that's the only person you can see during a lockdown. It gets old. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let the people in on our secrets. <laughs> While Caleb goes and relieves himself, <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about Sean Foyt. We need to go back to Sean Foyt. I mentioned him briefly. Sean Foyt. What a guy. Um, I actually used to be like the biggest fan of Sean Foyt. You know what? Something no one can say anything about is like Sean Foyt's like writing. Like his musical writings are so good. Like he can compose and he can write an amazing song. Like he is so talented and so gifted musically. I love his voice. I love the songs he writes. I love his style. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, Caleb, you're back. Oh. We're talking about Sean Foy. Oh, man, my pastor. And how I used to be, like, his biggest fan. Me? I did. Oh, I'm You know I used to be his biggest fan. Yeah. There you go. You're all situated. Yo, what's up? I'm back, bitches. But then, <laughs> during, like, this whole COVID thing, and the pandemic thing, I was so surprised and so sad at how he's, like, handled everything. And I actually didn't, like, even though I was Sean Foyt's, like, biggest fan, I really just, like, was his biggest music fan. I didn't know yeah, anything like about... Yeah, his songs. We did, and I didn't know anything about his, like, political side. I didn't know that he was you so obnoxious. Here's the thing. I don't think we knew about christian celebrities any of their like weird sides of like trumpism or whatever you call because i feel like during the pandemic trumpites right but i feel like it's during the pandemic where this dualism came out like hard yeah i think we didn't recognize the lack of accountability within the church that too and but like it, it was crazy to see like the way he handled the pandemic and the way he handled all of it like he's just holding these massive concerts and these massive like i don't even know what they are baptisms events events during like the height of the pandemic in the u.s but then it's treated as a joke so like like and 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 they say like just show up like you don't need to wear a mask you know just come and like all squeeze together during this like well, pandemic. they encourage, they put this in quotation, air Meanwhile, quotations. Meanwhile, like half a million people have died. Yeah. Put this in air quotations in wear a mask because that's what the CDC says. That's what, like, they put that up every once in a while. But, but I got blocked, what, I got blocked by once, Sean, so I don't see it anymore. Right. But then once they arrive, like, obviously, they all take them off. Talk about LA. Because they're encouraged to, like... That's the whole point of, like, these events is, like, let's go against, like, the government telling us we can't gather. Yeah. Let's go against these rules. Let's let's show them. Yeah. Which is, it's just, again, it just looks foolish. But, like, even if you talk about, like, L.A., when he went to Skid Row, that shit was fucked. Like, he went oh, to... That was horrible. Like, all these people were flying in to go to Skid Row to, like, go to this... Which is, like, the homeless, like... Yeah, and you can look it up. There's people who have great breakdowns on this stuff. Like, you can look up God is Gray. She has a great... Skid Row is, like, the biggest... Yeah, okay. So, for anyone who doesn't know what Skid Row is, 
it is the biggest or largest homeless population in LA. Uh, it's a whole area of the city. Um, yeah, where the homeless live, it's like, on yeah, on the streets, and it's um, there's a lot of like tents and stuff. I think, right? Like, yeah, and and honestly, a lot of these homeless people have like health conditions where like they are super high risk for like, right? And and the Rona and the pastor, like the the people who have outreach missions there, and the people who work directly with the community, were saying to Sean, "Do not come here." Like, we don't want you to come here because... We don't want a super spreader event to happen no, here. No, and yeah, it's not just... Yeah, exactly. And they don't want people from out of the... Out of state to come in because they knew people from out of state were going to come in. And they said, do not come here. Like, we don't want you to come here. And he decided, like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go anyways. And decided, like... Well, he probably Sean didn't say Boyd's that. Sean approach is just very, like, I'm going to do something because that person told me not to. Right. It just, it doesn't look mature. It doesn't look wise. Did it you explain just, who Sean Foyt is? Sean Foyt is a worship leader from Bethel Church. If you don't know who he is. Used to be, used to be from Bethel, but like does internally. His own, he does his own thing now, I think. Yeah, he internally destroyed like his, his relationships. relationships with like a lot of people. From there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like he just... Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So he decided to do this event anyways. Came off as like a big thing where this dude um, just did it for his own personal gain and had this big like event and he was denying it the whole time. But people were like, what the fuck is happening? Like, we don't want you here. Because even people in the community, like people who are in LA were like, we don't want you here. Mm -hmm. Like, do not come here. We don't want you. Our ICU is completely full and we cannot and handle anything else. And these are people living on the streets here. And the best part is, is like a little bit later, there was an outbreak on Skid Row. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's not from us. Yo, yeah. shut the fuck up. Sure. You're an Even idiot. none of them are, were wearing masks. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one Seriously, from Sean Boyd's team was wearing a mask. And you can look this up on YouTube. Not even on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. And on his page. He has yeah, on his Instagram too I, too. I think he has some clips. But yeah, no one from his team are wearing masks. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's it's really sad. And the best part is, is it hasn't ended. It just keeps going. He just keeps yeah. going to cities and like, this shit just keeps going. Luckily, a lot of the U.S. is vaccinated now. Yeah. But... I mean, we were talking about all of that. this happened during the height of the pandemic. Yeah. And yeah, it was just crazy. And that made me lose a lot of respect for him, unfortunately. But um, yeah. Needless to say, I do not follow him anymore. But yeah, enough about Sean Foyt. Enough about him. Yeah. Uh, that guy sucks. So, and <laughs> I won't ever listen to his music again because he Aww. sucks. Um. But yeah, so I think we've covered a lot of ground tonight. I think we've talked about a lot of shit. Yeah. There's a lot here to go over. Um, if you have any topics that you want to hear about, please send them to me because I am getting guests to come on and talk about random shit. So please send them my way. But yeah, other than that, I don't know. M, anything you want to say to wrap it up for the people? I don't think so. No? Not really. I mean, um, yeah, I don't think so. Any books you want to recommend this time? Stop! You know I don't read any of these books. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's the one that you were reading this morning? Recommend that one. The one I was reading? I wasn't reading one this morning. Or last night before bed. Oh, Jesus Interrupted by uh, Bart Ehrman. Of course, it's by Bart Ehrman. I <laughs> <laughs> um, have like four books by Bart Ehrman on the go right now. No, no, I've read, I've read multiple, but I have one on the go right now. Um, that one's really good. It talks about contradictions, uh, and like hidden contradictions in the Bible, um, and just how to approach the Bible in a more like historical critical manner. Um, super good. I would definitely recommend that. It gives a good breakdown. Um, I got my copy at the book outlet. .ca. So if you're in Canada, definitely hit that up. Yeah, it's a place to go. They're uh, normally bargain copy books, so you get pretty cheap. Um, 
but yeah, other than that, like I'm reading the uh I'm reading Stamp from the beginning right now, like I said earlier. Ibram Max Kendi. It's pretty good. He knows his shit. It's pretty fucking dope. And uh yeah, that's pretty much it. So yeah. Thank you for uh listening tonight. Uh we had a wild time. Thank you, Emily, for showing up and uh you know, like chilling with me. Drinking no drinking alcohol with me. You know, I don't really like like I hate listening to my voice. And I just uh I know me I me too. I hate well, listening honestly, to myself. Nobody likes listening to their no. own voice, but like I especially find my voice very annoying. And like I know I'm not very like articulate and like oh I just I hate it. I'm really excited for your guests to come on so that I can just listen to them and not myself. You just want to hear. You just want to sit there and listen to it. I just want to sit and listen. Like I'm not a big, like no. I no, hate this being is good. In front of the microphone. You're a good. Uh, or behind the microphone. You yeah. would be a good recurring guest. Like you just come on every once in a while. You know, shoot the shit with me. Just because I love you and I support you. Yeah, it's like it's it's just nice that you know you'll you'll do it with me. You know. Of course. It's, it's a fucking excellent. And Jilly is thank you, Jilly. Thank you, Jilly, for the sound effects. Yes, for the background effects of you munching on your fucking Very bone. Nice. Oh, we love thank it. You and for your contribution. Thank you everyone for listening to all this stuff. Um, if you enjoyed it, please share it with someone. I know it's just us shooting the shit. So yeah, give me some feedback. If you have feedback, we love to hear it and we love the conversation. So just let us know. Yeah. All right. Peace.